Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Ambiguous Podcast Solution. You are back with me, your host, Will Tarashuk, the founder of Ambiguous Podcast Solutions. If this is your first time listening to the Ambiguous Podcast Solution, easy for me to say, this is the podcast where the four of us, founders of this company, myself, Jared Laverne, Nash Mora, and Luke Mori, talk to podcasters about their experience, their journey, their drive, and their goals, and what got them to where they are. So, my guest today is Matt. Matt, I'm sorry, I should have asked this before, but how do you pronounce your last name? Selznick. Selznick. It's exactly how it's spelled. I should have known that. Um, so he has been a podcaster since October of 2004, and he currently hosts his own podcast, Sonnet, Sonnet, Sonnetotem. That's it. Sonnetotem. Nailed it. Which is a weekly show all about uh, creating a healthy, sane, and successful writing life, as well as personal insights, reflections, and observations. So Matt, welcome to the show. I'm very happy to have you here. Thanks. It's great to be here. As soon as I saw 2004, you started podcasting, I was like, all right. Like I, had to, I had to tell my team, I was like, guys, we got this guy. He's scheduled. I got him. He's mine. <laughs> he started <laughs> podcasting in 2004 because I can't tell you how many times I've told my story about how I got started in February of 2015, uh, which I'm not going to tell again because it's, it's a good story, but it's not, it's, not, it's not about me. It's about you. So what made you get started into podcasting and like, what is your background, I guess, in the whole media sphere? What's, what's your story? Who are you? Sure, sure. Well, um, okay. My name is Matthew Wayne Selznick. I am a uh, creator, an author, a musician, and a podcaster, and a creative services provider. Uh, so I make stuff and I help other people make their stuff. And um, in 2004, I was uh, working in retail, uh, working for uh, Borders Books and Music, the late lamented uh, oh, bookstore chain. R.I.P. to Borders. <laughs> um, where where are you where are you from originally? Oh well, originally I'm from Pennsylvania, but okay. I've been uh, a California native since uh, you know, sort of a naturalized Californian since 1976. I, I didn't um, know I didn't know Borders was a like a, a national chain. I thought it was just like a, a New England thing. Because I, I grew up in New England, I remember Borders is my hometown, so I learned something new again. All right, so back to your story. Yeah. Worked at uh, Borders. Yeah, yeah. yeah, Borders was uh, yeah. They started in Ann Arbor, but yeah, they were all over the country and. Uh, but uh, yeah, I was I was working there and um, working on my first novel and doing a little music here and there. And I had kind of a long commute, um, and so I would listen to you know radio mm-hmm. on the drive in. And the at a certain point on the drive uh, through the mountains, and FM radio wasn't so hot, so I would. Um, Turn over to AM and Leo Laporte, who uh, some of your listeners might know as the tech guy, uh, tech TV. He's been around for a long time um, in various forms on the internet uh, as an author and a, and a broadcaster and a podcaster, et cetera, et cetera. Um, he had a show on one of the local AM radios, radio shows, uh, radio stations, probably syndicated. And all about tech, you know, it was one of those Sunday uh, talk and news kind of things. And I was just listening to him, you know, uh, watching the miles go by. <laughs> and he had uh, Adam Curry on as a guest. And I knew Adam Curry because, uh, you know, I was in high school when MTV first came around in, uh, in the mid 80s. And Adam Curry was one of the first, what they called VJs, video disc jockeys, um, 
on uh, on MTV back when MTV actually only played music videos. And Adam Curry was talking about this newfangled thing called podcasting, where anyone with a computer and a micro microphone and an internet connection could basically create their own radio show. Um, and, uh, you know, he was, uh, my commute was probably close to an hour and he was on almost the entire time, a couple of segments. And uh, I was fascinated and intrigued uh, as someone who had long been involved with music and with a little bit of uh, music production and who had always, uh, you know, grown up on radio and one of those, you know, kids that when I was, uh, me and my high school friends would would create fake radio shows that we would tape and, you know, uh, that kind of thing. Love it. Fan of audio, audio drama and all those things. So this was a, a really intriguing idea to me, also because I've always been someone who tries to follow the sort of the DIY ethic, the do-it-yourself ethic, mm-hmm. the punk rock ethic. And so this seemed like a perfect storm of, of awesome stuff. Uh, <laughs> and I was, uh, you know, this was 2004. This was October. Uh, I, guess we, I, I, sh- I should dig up the calendar to see what day of the week it was, because I know that my first podcast was released on October 15th, 2004. This would have been about a week before that I heard this, this interview. Uh, so right away, uh, you know, I got home from work and looked at my equipment, cobbled together what I had. Um, I was using, uh, oh boy, the audio program. I think nowadays it's called Sonar, but it was called something different back then. It was owned by a whole different company, Mm -hmm. but it was much like uh, Audacity or Audition. It was one of these uh, digital audio workstations with the multi-tracking and whatnot. And, um, I had that, I had a microphone, I had a, uh, a sound card that had microphone in out jacks on it. Okay. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Right. Cause like, cause like nowadays it's very easy to start, oh, yeah. to start a podcast. Right? you can just Google. I remember 2015 when I started, I literally just Googled on Amazon podcast starter kit and it came with a little one channel mixer, like a stick microphone, XLR <laughs> cords, um, and like one of their recording softwares, but I was like, I've been using Audition in college. I'm just continuing using Audition. So right. back in 2004, how hard was it to like do that, even do that research? Because even back then, Google wasn't even as big as it is today. So did you have to ask well, Jeeves? Like, <laughs> what, how did, how, how did you, how did you like, how did you well, get the equipment, uh, start the feed and go, go from there? Okay, sure. I, yeah, I, I'll, I, Doing the actual recording wasn't too tough, uh, you know, because I had the equipment to get an audio signal onto a hard drive. You know, um, I had the uh, uh, the sound card, like I say, with the uh, uh, XLR microphone jacks and, and whatnot. And uh, and I, I had a little mixer. Um, I honestly don't remember if I used that or not. It, it, it I know that it added a lot of noise to the signal. So mm-hmm. I may not have even used a mixer, uh, a mixer. Uh, the real challenge, uh, was hand coding the RSS feed, Mm. uh, Mm -hmm. because, uh, you know, this was, remember, this was before WordPress. This was before Drupal. Uh, I had a, uh, uh, a hand coded website already. 
Uh, I'd been I'd been creating websites since uh, you know the late '90s, and um, so the difficult side of things, and but also the 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 advantage then was that the podcasting community was very 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 small, uh, and so if I had a question, I knew where to go, uh, and and that was the Yahoo podcast group. Mm. Um, and at the time Yahoo was as big a search engine as, as Google is now. Um, and they had, um, you know, they had their own email, they had their own, uh, community forums and the Yahoo podcasters group was, uh, kind of the home base back then. And, you know, I, seriously, there were probably about <laughs> 200 of us. Uh, and so you know, you could go on and you could, you could talk to people who, you could talk to Dave Weiner, who created the, the RSS uh, 2.0 uh, sort of spec that allowed media to be attached to an RSS file. And if, should I explain RSS to, to your listeners? No, 100%. I, 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 a lot of them probably know what it is, but they don't really know what it is. You know what I mean? Like it's, right. it's, it's, it stands for really simple syndication. Um, and essentially how I understand it, it's something you upload to that then gets distributed. It's like, it's like the central hub. Um, like the, it's like the, and it's like the end point to the highway as well as the exit to the highway. Um, yeah. RSS is basically push technology. Yes. Um, yeah. It, it, when, when a, the, the client software, your podcast app, whatever, uh, periodically checks the RSS page on a website it's just a page on a website it's just a file um sees that there's an update pulls that content up to the client um but you had to hand code all that stuff back then um and so that was one of the biggest challenges the uh but you know it really was uh an evening project uh to get the thing recorded get it converted to mp3 mm -hmm. throw it up on my website and copy paste from other RSS feeds. It's just a it's a plain text file, so you could find somebody else's RSS file and just basically, oh, okay, well, I just replaced that thing with the name of my show and that URL with the URL of my show, and you're you're good to go. <laughs> there was a, there was a podcast directory that was a, a small website with uh, where you could just here's my here's my podcast and. Uh, have a link to your RSS feed there. And it was that and word of mouth and all these dedicated uh, hobbyists, basically, at the time. Yeah. Uh, some of this, whom are still doing it today. Because this is back, this is 2004. So this is pre Facebook, this is pre Twitter, this is pre all social media before the world really ended. Um, so, like, how, what were your distribution options? Like, back in 04, was iTunes even doing yeah. podcast distribution? Yeah. So you were literally just. A corner of the internet, just doing it. There was a piece of software. Um, uh, Ray, oh boy, I'm gonna I'm gonna mangle his last name. Um, Ray, I will get that for you for the show notes. Um, he and his friends created a piece of software called iPodder X, that basically was an interface between uh, you know your computer. And the ability to, you know, you download these podcast episodes to iPod or X, and then that would transfer to your iPod. 
Um, and uh, that was the way a lot of people were listening, either on their iPods or just right on their computers. So iPod or X, they had a little directory. Um, there was Podcast Pickle, which was uh, <laughs> Gary Leland's website. That was a big directory. Um, Adam Curry himself maintained uh, a podcast directory. But all of these were, you know, just fill out a form and they would add your your uh, RSS feed to uh, to the list. And so at the at the time, yeah, it was a lot of podcasters listening to other podcasters. Uh, and for me, the there were a couple of things. Now, my my first show was it went went by the unwieldy title of the MWS Media Radio Show Podcast. MWS <laughs> <laughs> Media was my my sort of blanket production company, and uh, uh, so, but yeah, uh, and then that was uh, you know, eventually shortened to the MWS Media Podcast, and then the DIY Endeavors Podcast, um, but. I knew even then, now my, you can listen to that very first podcast from October 15th, uh, 2004 on the Internet Archive, and, and I'll get you that link as well. Yes, please do. Uh, my, my first hundred or episodes or so are up there on the Internet Archive, which is a wonderful resource that uh, deserves everyone's support. Um, so that first episode was, I mean, I don't know what the hell I was doing. Uh, just talked about some of my musical inspirations and influences, including playing those songs. Um, so, which was a big no-no uh, and, and will get you in trouble today, but it was the Wild West. So sure, I, I threw songs from the B-52s and X mm -hmm. and, you know, all these uh, bands that were you know, under the protection of the RIAA, Recording Industry Association of America, um, completely without consideration of licensing or anything like that. But I knew, everybody else was doing this too, but I knew that it wouldn't be long before the licensing organizations came to after podcasters and yep. like, you know, hey, just like bars and restaurants and grocery stores and everywhere else, if you're going to play these songs, you owe us money. So I, by episode two, basically, <laughs> I had pivoted to dedicating that early show to, um, to independent non-RIAA uh, DIY musicians and spoken word artists mm -hmm. and audiographers and things like that. And I just put it out there. Um, you know, I had a P.O. box. I had people send me CDs you know, that I would, with their permission, rip and play songs on the podcast. There was a sort of a independent music kind of competition website called GarageBand. And this, this predated the GarageBand application on uh, Apple computers. Okay. And GarageBand was basically a place where independent musicians could put up their songs and it was kind of like a, a, a bracket kind of situation. You know, listeners, uh, or, users of the website would vote on songs and then they would go to the next round and then that those people would get voted up and next round, next round, next round. And then every six months or so they would pick one big winner who would get uh, 
a uh, production contract with George Martin, the producer of the Beatles. Um, wow. Yeah, but wow. the really neat, yeah, well, that, that was a, a great grand prize, but the really neat thing about garageband.com was that it was this resource of all these independent musicians and all of this music. And, uh, um, and it was as simple as, you know, some of them would just put on their little, little entries, you know, feel free to, to share this music and other people would be like, you know, reach out to me. So I got content for many, I'm going to say the first couple of years of my show, just by reaching out to people on GarageBand. Um, that's how I found out about the music of Jonathan Colton, who of course now is, you know, a uh, kind of a big deal and an NPR host and, and has all this, this music out there. And uh, uh, a number of, of independent musicians, just as simple as saying, hey, can I play your show on my podcast, you know, your song on my podcast? Uh, and them saying, sure, that sounds great. What's a podcast? <laughs> um, I bet you still get that question to this day. You know what? No, uh, not so much anymore. Uh, I think because every radio show, uh, especially public radio, but also, you know, most radio shows are either streaming or have podcast versions these yeah. days, especially talk radio. Yeah. Everybody, you know, the, 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 the mainstream knows who Joe Rogan is. The mainstream knows who Mark Marin is, you know, uh, the, uh, I think probably since serial came out, uh, that, what's a podcast question has in my experience has, has stopped you know um i mean the, that podcast kit that you mentioned buying in 2015 they sell them at staples now so you know. yeah wow okay well there you go hope, hope, it, hope it doesn't still cost a hundred bucks um <laughs> that's how much i paid for it i was like all right let's just do this so okay so podcasting in 2004 it's it kind of it kind of has a lot of the foundation the blueprint what we still see today, like you can still get like non-commercial royalty-free music. Uh, even at garagebrand.com, it, it reminds me a lot of SoundCloud. Um, yeah. You can just reach out to people like, hey, can I use this? Okay, I'll give you credit and whatnot. So back in 2004, did you anticipate this podcast explosion? Did you think it was going to be what it is today? Or do you think this is going to be, yeah, you know, I'm just going to keep doing this for the fun of doing it and we'll kind of see what happens. And did you, even if you did think it was going to explode, do you think it was going to take this long or this, this short? Um, that's, that's, that's a, a multi-layered question. Uh, at the time, it, the pre iTunes, right. Um, podcasting was different things to different people. Um, you know, it, it, it was, a passion project for some folks. It was uh, a marketing tool for some folks. Uh, it was a way to broaden an audience. Um, my friend Evo Terra uh, had a show on local Arizona radio that he translated to a much larger um, podcast, uh, The Dragon Page, for, for many years. Uh, so there were situations like that where local radio personalities could now have a global audience. So there were many motivations as for whether or not it would grow. I, I, I mean, we saw the growth. 
uh, even in those first few years, um, always new people coming in. I mean, by 2006, people were calling themselves the second wave. Mm. Um, you know? <laughs> yeah, 2006 um, is like what I count as, at least for me, at least from what I've, what I've experienced. Like I think you saying 2004 was the earliest I heard of someone having a podcast. To me, it was previously it was 2006. Well, 2006 is right around when iTunes finally, uh, the iTunes store finally added podcasts. Yeah. And uh, that was also around the time that they tried to trademark the term podcast um, because oh, the word pod is in there and that belongs to Apple. Well, they lost, um, rightfully so. But yeah, that was, uh, that was a whole rigmarole that went on that is largely forgotten. Um, they tried really to make the medium their own. Yeah, Apple did. Try to make it exclusive. Um, yeah, and and they failed. And for a while there, people were saying, "Well, we'll, we'll just call them netcasts instead." And uh, I and many other people were pretty verbal about that not being cool. Uh, <laughs> I mean, it's not the point that, uh, of what it's called. It's the point that that this was from the beginning a uh, an utterly democratized uh, and and grassroots media. And even today, that's the beauty of, of podcasting is that it still is. So, um, but I know I'm, I'm, I'm rambling away from your, your, your question. I, I, I think, yeah, we, we knew that it was going to be a big deal. Uh, we also knew that it was by default because you had to have specialized equipment to, uh, unless you wanted to be glued to your computer, you kind of had to have at least an iPod, because uh, remember the I, iPhone smartphones didn't really come around until what 2007, 2008. Um, yeah, that sounds sounds about right. Yeah, because you had to have specialized technology to get into this. We knew that it was self-limiting, but that that wouldn't last forever. The very first um, convention dedicated to podcasting was in 2005, mm -hmm. Podcast Expo, mm -hmm. and. And, uh, you know, there were no shortage of companies that were starting up. That's when Libsyn started up uh, out of their garage. And I remember their, bo their, their booth and, uh, um, you know, uh, Blueberry, uh, Todd from Hawaii, his, his uh, podcast hosting and, and, yep. and spec. Company. That's where I started. I started using Blueberry and it connected to my WordPress site I just made for free. And yep. somehow I got an RSS feed integrated into that website and how it yep. made it, how I put actually distributed, I just copied and pasted a download link into a post and that somehow transcended reality and put it onto the RSS feed. Indeed. Yeah. Yeah. So we knew that it was going to be a big deal. And one thing that, that, you know, is kind of a big part of my story and that certainly helped uh, grow podcasting in those early days. My cat is meowing in the background. You can probably hear him. That's okay. Um, but uh, uh, in in 2005, two authors, independent authors, had the idea to podcast their fiction. Um, the uh, very first, and and uh, you know what? I'm going to say the very first. But either one of these guys could say, nope, it was me. Uh, <laughs> but Scott Sigler um, podcast his novel Earthcore and 
T. Morris uh, podcast his novel, uh, uh, boy, and I'm not going to be able to remember it. I'm sorry, T, the name of that one. Uh, and there was another, uh, a, a British gentleman by the name of Paul Story who podcast his novel. This was all in mid-2005. And essentially, this was you know, a marketing tool to get word of uh, unpublished novels out there, get an audience for these works. For Scott Sigler, he had come you know, like a, a hair's breadth away from a book contract, and then there was a shakeup at that publisher, and his, his deal was dropped, so he just did it himself. Um, and so in um, September of 2005, I was ready to publish my first novel, Brave Men Run. And I thought, well, I've already been podcasting for a year. And here's T. Morris and Scott Sigler and Paul Story and a couple other people doing this. Um, it, that, again, seems like a no-brainer. Um, so Brave Men Run in September of 2005 became the first novel in history to have a initial simultaneous release in paperback in several different ebook formats and as a free podcast. And boy, you, want, you talk about, you know, people asking what's a podcast. I got a lot of buzz out of going on podcasts and doing articles and, and interviews and whatnot, explaining why in the hell would you release your book for free as a podcast. Nobody's ever going to buy it if you do that, which of course we know that that's not the case now, but back then it seemed counterintuitive. Um, it was the, I owe podcasting that first novel to, to, uh, that's the reason I have any kind of audience I have now, uh, mm -hmm. more than anything else. Um, and not just audience as a podcaster, but audience as a creator, uh, community as a creator. Um, you know, I stopped really looking at stats after it passed about 50,000 um, subscribers all over the world. There were many months where the voluntary donations from <laughs> the free podcast surpassed royalties from the paperback or ebook editions. Wow. Now, again, this was before the Kindle. So, uh, you know, the, the, the market for self-published books was very, very small and very, very niche. Uh, so maybe that's a given. Mm -hmm. um, but there was tremendous, a, a tremendous active community of independent authors who were also podcasters. People like Scott Sigler and Mer Lafferty, who now writes Star Wars tie-in books and J.C. Hutchins, and I mentioned T. Morris, and so many others. Um, and a lot of those folks, I mean, you would go to a science fiction convention in, in the, uh, the mid, middle 2000s, and they all had podcasting tracks on their you know, uh, schedules. That's how powerful the overlap was between uh, independent authors and especially genre authors and podcasting, which I think makes sense because, again, here you have this sort of do-it-yourself, uh, hey, kids, let's put on a show kind of attitude that, um, and, and, and the idea that rapidly 
the shape of the of the internet and of culture itself was showing us that we don't necessarily need or want gatekeepers anymore. Um, right. The audience is the sole arbiter of 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 quality and of of popularity. You know, that was all just beginning. And of course, now we have, you know, uh, the Amazon Kindle and, you know, you can listen to a podcast on your phone and it's all become mainstream, um, which is, uh, again, speaking of the democratization of media, uh, this is uh, all a wonderful, wonderful thing. Yeah. Do you, do you prefer it as mainstream as it is, or would you have preferred it to kind of stay as like your underground niche thing that's still growing. Like, I mean, I, 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 cause being like one of the, one of like the originals, I could see like, you know, back in my day, this was so much better than this was so much better than that. Or is it kind of, you kind of take the road of, you know, like this is an evolving thing. It's still evolving. It's overall better for the industry. Like where do you, where do you fall on that spectrum? So here's the deal. Um, You'll you'll hear people sometimes say, "Oh, you know, I used to like that band, but then they got popular and, and they sold out." Yep. Right. So let's kind of dissect that term, "sold out." So if you've sold out, that means there's no more tickets left. That means you're doing so well, so many people love you, that people can't get in the door anymore. Selling out in that regard, in other words, reaching a level of popularity where a creative person, an artist, a musician, an author, or whatever, can actually sustain themselves with their creative work, that should be what every fan wants right. for, their, right. for their person that they love that, that makes these things. Um, it, it, so it's the same thing with podcasting. The thing about podcasting is that it is, sure, You've got your Joe Rogans and your Mark Marins and and you know every NPR show and you know CNN and every every major media has a podcasting presence, but that hasn't stopped anyone from creating a podcast. And the thing about about independent media, the thing about the internet, the thing about the the long tail, the infinite uh, shelf space, if you will, of the internet, is that there is an audience for everything. Mm -hmm. And it, it, so sure, there's room for the podcasters who have a million downloads every episode. And there's room for the podcasters who have a dedicated following of a small niche audience. It's it's not about uh, I don't think that there's any kind of of the popularity and the mainstreaming of podcasting has not created any kind of 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 barrier to entry. If anything, it's made it easier. It, it like we said already, you know, you no longer have to spend 15 minutes explaining to someone what a podcast is before you can ask them to listen to it. <laughs> yeah, that, that is definitely a big help. And it right. does it does open the door for opportunity, 
but it also makes it even harder to get there. And right, like one thing like I'm picking up here from like your, your explained 2004 is that again, the foundation remains the same. That community of that Yahoo blog that you just ask questions on to figure out, figure stuff out, that still exists. Except today it's bigger and it's easier. Yeah. It's Facebook groups, mm -hmm. there's countless Facebook groups, there's countless of Reddit chats of people mm -hmm. supporting each other. And like the glorious thing about podcasting to me is the community and the fact that everyone likes to help each other. It's like, it's not like terrestrial radio where it's cutthroat, where like Opie and Anthony would get mad at Howard Stern because they're fighting for the same audience. Because like, no, you can do it literally whenever. You can release your show Thursday morning at eight o'clock. I can release my, my show Thursday evening at eight o'clock and people can listen to both by Friday afternoon. Right, exactly. And, and, and even, you can even think of it this way. There can be, I mean, there, there doesn't have to be like one, we'll use the interview podcast format as, as right. an example. There doesn't have to be one top of the heap. There is no Oprah of podcasting, right? There's no, uh, because there's room for every interviewer's style. I can't stand Joe Rogan. I'm a, I'm a Mark Maron guy, to use the example, right? You know, I, I can't, I I can't stand Mark Maron. I'm a Rogan guy. <laughs> well, there you go. There you go. And, and that's just it. You know, there's, there's an audience for everyone. And the only, I'll concede that the only maybe difference in terms of, is it difficult for, for a new podcaster to get going is perhaps finding that audience in the first place, mm -hmm. uh, because it, you know, it is naturally a very much more crowded market. And, uh, although although Apple never managed to trademark the 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 term podcast, the the Apple Music Store, the podcast directory there used to be the iTunes Store, whatever. Um, they have done a great job of training podcasters to drive people to leaving reviews in the Apple Store, um, and so that has kind of become the de facto sort of gateway, because if you don't have a lot of reviews in Apple, then you're not going to be seen in Apple. This has always kind of puzzled me because, I mean, we don't have to look far to realize that Apple devices are what, 12% of the market? You know, yeah. most people are listening to podcasts on Android devices, right? Yeah, no, for sure. Just, at, least, at least globally. Just, Glo Glo well, and even in the United States, um, and uh, so, and and so that's even the the monopoly of the iTunes Store. Even though a lot of uh, other podcast apps and whatnot use their directory and sort of pull from that to create their own, the even though they've got that sort of stranglehold on the visibility of a podcast, mm -hmm. um, if a new podcaster goes instead and tries to speak directly to their niche instead of trying to compete in the rankings with all those other podcasts that are in a similar niche, they'll be all right. Um, rather than just hoping someone will see you in the, you know, sub sub category on the iTunes store, yeah. uh, you know, go to those Facebook groups, go to, uh, those Reddit groups, uh, be a part of those communities and, and organically let it be known that, yeah, I, you know, gosh, I talk about this subject on my podcast, you know? Um, 
so you know you'll you'll notice my style when we when I get on these shows is is to uh, kind of go off on tangents a bit, but I hope it all kind of connects. The idea that that even though yeah, podcasting is the main uh, a more or more mainstream thing these days. I mean, there was a sitcom about a podcaster, so we can't get much more mainstream than that. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's that's a little that that would be a bit tough. It's like it's only so much higher it can go, which I guess leads me to the next question: hmm. the future of podcasting. Is it? Are we near its peak? Has the peak happened? Are we far away? You're. The, I would consider you an expert. What do you think the future of podcasting is? Like five, ten, twenty years from now. Uh, well, I mean, you could just as easily ask, what is the future of video? What is the future of, of uh, streaming music? Uh, look, it, podcasting is just a means of distributing content. Right. And content and is king. People, pardon? And content is king. Oh, sure, sure. But that's always been the case. You know, whether it's Penny Dreadfuls uh, uh, on the corner newsstand or, uh, you know, radio shows that you're listening to around <laughs> around the big giant Philco in the 40s or pulp magazines or whatever. We always need and want to be able to communicate and to express and yeah. to to uh, absorb and, and take in that expression. We, and so podcasting is just another means of, of, of it's just another media. Uh, there, I don't think it's going to go away. I, I, I don't think I, the idea that we're at peak podcasting, I can't tell you how many times over the last 16 years <laughs> I have seen articles is yeah. podcasting dead. Oh, please. You know? We're far from that. Well, we never were. Exactly. That's just it. It was, it was never a question because it's the wrong question. Um, you know, pod, for podcasting to stop, just like for, uh, you know, uh, streaming video to stop or YouTube to stop, yeah, culture would basically have to stop. Um, there's, there's, it's just another choice for people, you know. Some people prefer to make video. Some people want to do audio. Some people do both. Um, some people would prefer to write. Um, mm -hmm. You know, it's this is this is one of the lessons that I've learned as a DIY creator for a quarter century or longer is that you do, you, you you don't try to shape what people will consume you know you don't you don't try to bring people to your media um in other words you can't say i'm going to do this thing but you can only get it this way um people will be drawn to what they like and if you happen to be doing that then great there's there's your tribe there's your audience um it this is why podcasting is always going to be a thing now that it's here um the if anything um it's it's proceeding and growing we're very close to there's several companies trying to work on the so-called netflix of podcasting you know where you can have a centralized uh more of a streaming experience and they're much easier to to search for and find 
Mm-hmm. That's been the big drawback, right? It's very difficult to search audio. Um, so a lot of this content, this valuable information that's in podcast form, is basically invisible to the internet. That's not gonna. That's not going to be the case for very much longer. So if anything, you're just going to see that it becomes an even more valuable uh, uh, channel. Um, you know, similarly, I, I was just in a discussion with people talking about blogging and, uh, you know, is blogging dead? Well, again, that's the same, you know, that question has been asked over and over and over again. Is email dead? Well, you know, these things, they're part of the culture, you might as well ask, is oil painting dead? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, uh, it's a uh, uh, short answer is no. Um, and so, yeah, no, it's, it's, it's here to stay. And it, it, it doesn't mean that it's ever going to be the biggest media we're, I think we're past the, the 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 age where one media is sort of the the uh, the principal way that people consume what they want to consume. Mm-hmm. Uh, and again, that's that's kind of the point. Um, you know, that's kind of uh, in a roundabout way. That's what I'm saying is that podcasting is there for people who enjoy podcasting. Right. YouTube is there for people who would rather take in a 10 minute video. You know. Uh, and so on and so forth. So you you mentioned the Netflix of podcasting, and you know here at Ambiguous Podcast Solutions, I don't want to be the Netflix of podcasting. I want to be the APS of podcasting, right? And I think that people who try and use that model, oh, we're going to be the Netflix. I think they're approaching it the wrong way because podcasting is a very unique form of content. It's a unique form of creation. It's a unique form of distribution because it's everywhere. Like when it, when it comes to podcasting, I go, there's no such thing as exclusivity, at least right now. And there sh- probably shouldn't be. Like a podcast is available on Spotify, Stitcher, iTunes, Google, right? And the idea is why that works so well is because you give the consumer, your consumer, the choice of where they want to listen. I listen to my all of my podcasts on Stitcher. Soon to be also Spotify because Rogan moved to Spotify. There's another one who is a subscriber podcast, which is another conversation in and of itself. But I subscribe to that. That's on Pocket Casts, right? So there's so many different ways of doing it. And when you have that mentality of the Netflix of podcasting, I think you're setting yourself up for failure. Like, what do, what do you think on the idea of like exclusivity in podcasting? Would you rather see it go towards a more exclusive way? Like, Rogan deals are going to happen regardless. If that's that's happening, whether we like it or not. But is that the right way to approach podcasting? Because not everyone's going to get a deal like Joe Rogan did. Well, that's just it. Is first of all, not everybody needs or wants a deal like Joe Rogan did. Uh, you know, I mean, the. So to, to address your first point on uh, the exclusivity thing, um, I mean, right, podcasting is not an exclusive media. You know, you, you, you don't have to, uh, you know, have a subscription to something. But these podcasters who choose to put themselves into a silo, um, who choose to be exclusive to Spotify, 
or you know some sort of subscription thing um subscription model that you usually see that happening when they already have such a huge mm-hmm. audience mm-hmm. but they're not hurting themselves with the exclusivity i mean you know this is this is the the same as oh now that person is only on serious satellite radio you know <laughs> yeah i wonder, wonder how their numbers are doing <laughs> right well you know most of those guys also have a podcast um <laughs> yeah exactly exactly sam roberts so is a big they, one yeah whether they're making their money from you know casper mattress sales or from sirius xm subscriptions it's it doesn't matter right um but it personally personally i, I think if a podcaster wants to be exclusive uh well, you know, more power to them. You know, you mentioned you you listen to everything on Stitcher and soon to be Spotify because Joe Rogan has moved. I'm of the opposite attitude. If I'm not going to change my habits of consumption because one person, one entertainer has decided to uh, uh, limit their their audience's access yeah. to them. Yeah, Joe Rogan um, is the only person I would do that for. If like one of my wrestling podcasts became exclusive and they weren't on Stitcher, sorry, I'm, I might stop listening. If the NPR podcast I listen to stopped being on uh, on Stitcher, sorry, I might start listening. But Joe Rogan is just that first podcast that got me hooked. I'm listening mm-hmm. to him for 10 years almost. So it's like, yeah, I'm going to follow you. Not everyone's going to, but I'm going to. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a nerd <laughs> for it. I love it. Well, and yeah, and that's like I say, he has a big enough audience that that he can afford to lose however many people he's going to lose. Yeah. Um, you know, and then there are hybrid models like, like Marin, who I think, you know, his archive, like episodes older than 50 episodes or something like that, they go behind a paywall. Mm-hmm. My, my colleague Mer Lafferty does the same thing with some of her old shows. Um, you know, and, and that's, that's an option. Uh, the, uh, the thing is though, that, that, and, and you know the idea of the Netflix of podcasting, where you you pay one subscription and you get all this content that's exclusive, exclusive to that. Um, you know that I don't know that that's a good thing. Uh, no, I don't either. I I think that it's inevitable, but uh, I mean you're seeing it already with the other forms of media. You know, if you want to watch Marvel movies, you have to subscribe to Disney Plus. If you yeah. you know this or that or the other thing uh even with streaming media uh, streaming music for a while there there were title exclusives and spotify exclusives and you know uh whatnot artists who would only put their albums on certain services the only thing when it comes to paid services the only thing exclusivity does for sure is guarantees that piracy will continue hmm the only reason, well, I won't say the only reason, because who likes to deal in, in absolutes? A very strong reason that people download, uh, you know, un- do unauthorized file downloading, it's not really piracy, piracy is a very different thing, um, is because it's too difficult or too costly to actually pay or you know to go through the the official channel, um, you know. I and so if 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 you, we've already seen that people will will willingly 
go with ad supported podcasts, right? Mm -hmm. Nobody cares about that. Nobody yeah. cares about, they're totally willing to listen to their favorite podcaster do the pitch about socks or home security or whatever. <laughs> no, 100%, uh, definitely. Yeah, yeah. Um, and we're totally willing, you know, we've had 100 years of, of almost of, of, of being willing to uh, absorb video with advertising support. Um, but when, and it's the same thing with digital rights, digital rights management, as soon as you make it so inconvenient to consume the content or tell everybody how great this thing is, but only keep it behind a certain uh, walled garden that maybe also includes you know, 60 other things that you could care less about, um, that, then that's when that's just going to feed unauthorized file downloading. Mm -hmm. um, this is why uh, terrestrial cable television and satellite TV bundles are dying. You know, um, nobody cares to get a bundle of TV channels that include six they're never going to watch. You know, mm -hmm. they would. Um, and so yeah i i don't there's always going to be these exclusive platforms because that's how that's how the structure the money is made but again because we're dealing with a uh, a decentralized democratized media and not just podcasting but any kind of media all media is now decentralized and democratized um there will always be room for alternative models. There will always be room for the Patreon model. And, mm -hmm. uh, you know, even the simple donate button that goes to a PayPal, you know, mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> these are all there, you know. Um, I, I know podcasters who do uh, public radio style pledge drives for a few episodes every year. And, th and that's all they do. That's the only kind of... Uh, monetization that they do you know that's the point is that, that there is there's always going to be room for anything that works and there will always be media creators who prefer to go with the exclusive deals because they're looking for a different kind of thing mm -hmm. um it's you know i started i started off by saying i don't think it's a great idea to have exclusivity but the truth is it doesn't matter um there's an audience for everything. That's kind of the bottom line. Yeah. And the free market will work itself out. Yeah. The cream will rise to the top, as they say. So let's let's finally get over to your actual podcast. Um, so, so, one more time. Sonatotem. 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 Nailed it. Okay. So tell <laughs> us about Sonatotem, why you, why you got started. Um, it's a solo show which is always interesting. I like talking to people who do solo shows. So tell us about the podcast, why you started doing it. I'm assuming it's not your very first podcast, um, but why start that project? Well, right. So I'm, I'm going to have to give you a little context in history. So like, like I've mentioned, the first podcast was the, the ridiculously titled MWS Media Radio Show Podcast. <laughs> Episode <laughs> title right there. <laughs> and you, you say the title and well, that's all the time we have for today, folks. So... <laughs> Um, but, uh, so, and, and that was, again, mostly an indie music 
uh, Indie Spoken Word uh, podcast ran for, uh, gosh, I don't know, 65, 70 episodes or so. Slowly kind of translated that to the DIY Endeavors podcast, um, where I was doing both music and interviews. Um, and then for a while there, the DIY Endeavors podcast uh, was on hiatus, came back as an interview show almost exclusively, where I was talking to all sorts of DIY independent creative folks. Um, and we, uh, I, I had a podcast called Writers Talking there for a while that was on, that uh, was a hybrid of, of live streaming radio and podcast, it was done through TalkShoe which allowed folks to actually call in. Um, so there was a scheduled time the show was on and then people could call in and whatnot and then do, uh, you know, package it up as a podcast later. Uh, I've done video and audio hybrid podcasts. Uh, I had a short-lived show called I Know This Much. Um, and the, uh, to give you an idea, the, the imagery for that was me holding up my thumb and index finger held very, very close together. <laughs> so I know this much, which was basically just a rant show, you know, um, that came out whenever I felt like it. Uh, I, I mentioned the, 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 uh, podcast novel, which was Brave Men Run, uh, and Sauna Totem is, uh, I finally kind of figured, you know, let's just have one show that is really at the core of what I do. I am an independent creator. Um, podcasting, like I said before, podcasting is just one means of expression. You know, um, sometimes whatever you want to do is best communicated through prose. Sometimes through word, through through speaking, you know, um, sometimes through video, whatever. But so Sonatotem is the podcasting outlet for that expression. As an independent creator and as someone whose who's sort of day job is to help other independent creators uh, um, kind of bring their work to fruition and to market and to an audience, I write about and podcast about my own um, creative experience, um, you know, and, and the, the idea behind the show is, you know, this isn't my first rodeo, but the rodeo keeps changing, right? So I'm kind of an experienced beginner all the time. Um, there's always something new to learn. Um, uh, whether it's podcasting or independent publishing, mm -hmm. the, the so-called rules uh, are always different, you know, they're always changing and evolving. So, so Sonatotem these days is, yes, primarily a solo show. Um, and it's approximately, you mentioned weekly earlier, it's, it's more like twice a month or so. Um, and it's, uh, it's the idea of, you know, what is going on in my creative life and what can I share that has value? You know, what lessons are there there that, you know, that other folks can maybe take away from as much as, you know, actual sort of practical advice as just the idea that, that whatever 
other creative folks are going through out there, they're probably not the only one. And here's the example of what I'm, you know, dealing with. Mm -hmm. um, and so it's, uh, and this is this is kind of uh, one of the challenges of a show like that is it's not easy to classify. This isn't a marketing podcast. This isn't a journaling podcast. Uh, it's not an arts and entertainment podcast necessarily. Um, because there are elements of all of that, you know. Uh, I believe in presenting a very transparent, very vulnerable, uh, very authentic uh, uh, experience. Um, one of my sort of core tenets the entire time I've been online uh, has been to be the person online that I am in in real life, mm. you know. Uh, and so. The sonototum is oftentimes not easy to listen to um, because you are going to get the honest, uh, kind of unfiltered uh, experience of what it's like to try to build a healthy, creative life uh, and you know build success as we each define it and stay healthy and sane in the process, while also you know dealing with everything else that goes on in our lives. Where's where's so, the name where's the name come from? Sonototem is basically kind of a uh, kind of a portmanteau, right? It's a it's a combination word. Uh, so sonic sound, right? Sauna and totem, which is borrowed from the word factotum. Uh, totem is is roughly it's Latin for the whole thing. Mm. Um, so okay. so sonototem would be audio on all kinds of things. <laughs> love it. I love it. It all, it all makes sense now. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and, uh, and, and yeah, and, and it's a companion to, to Scriptotum, uh, mm -hmm. which is my, my blog, which is the same kind of idea. It's, it's sharing this stuff in a personal and authentic way, but also trying always, always, always to provide some kind of value to to that audience okay. to the folks who are who are also creators of any kind i mean i focus largely on writing because that is kind of my main gig um in terms of creative output but this is the kind of stuff that that anyone who is trying to build a successful independent creative life is 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 going to be dealing with um one way or the other so, so how do you how do you structure your show um like because it's it's very it's very personal, right? So like do you mm -hmm. do you have like set talking points? Do you script things out? Or do you kind of say, like, all right, you're gonna sit in front of the mic, let's see what comes out of my brain. Um, you know, I always try to have a reason to get on the mic. That's why uh, it, there is no like yes, it comes out every Thursday, no matter what. Uh, no, if if I have nothing to say, then I'm not gonna I'm not gonna put out an episode. Um so I don't have a script. Uh, I did one episode that was basically a cross post with a blog post. So that was that was scripted. And that'll happen very occasionally, um, you, you know, where I essentially read the blog post because I wanted that particular post to reach as large of, of an audience in, in my community as possible. Mm. Um, but uh, but no, uh, typically it's it's a conversation with sort of the ephemeral that person out there who is is sort of uh, you know in marketing terms that would be the avatar the 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 
the sort of epitome of your audience, that one personalized um, uh, sort of stand-in for whoever you, the, your typical audience member is, whoever the typical member of your community is. So uh, that's how I view, that's how I approach an episode of Sauna Totem is I'm talking to that person mm. out there. Um, and, you know, uh, and so, it, you know, it can be opinionated, it can be ranty, it can be, um, you know, again, uh, sometimes what they might call real talk, you know, uh, because uh, I'm trying to present uh, a an example of one creator's life. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, there's there's there might be an agenda when I get, you know. I, I'll have a reason to create an episode, um, but beyond like, yeah, okay, uh, this this I want to talk about this this week, you know. Beyond that, um, yeah, it's not really uh, not really scripted or structured in much of a way, um, and yeah, it is primarily a solo show. I'm open to doing uh, conversations with other creators. Uh, because I have been uh, strongly focused on on the novel I released early this earlier this year and uh, on client work and what whatnot, I'm not actively pursuing guests, but I'm always happy to talk to other independent creators about their own uh, personal experience, uh, their challenges uh, in in creating their work. All right, that's great. All right, Matt, I want to thank you so much. For your time, I thought this was a great podcast. I want to thank you for your insight on like the this the backstory and the history of podcasting. I de- I definitely learned a lot. I thought I knew. Turns out, I knew I knew about that much to steal your term. <laughs> <laughs> so, Matt, final, yeah. final final question: Where where can they find you? How if someone wants to get in touch with you, in touch with you, or buy your book? Do your plugs. Floor is yours. Where can anyone find your stuff? <laughs> Uh, well, the best place to start and the place that will take you everywhere else is mattselznick.com, M-A-T-T-S-E-L-Z-N-I-C-K.com. Uh, the links to the podcast and to the blog uh, all there. Um, I have the, the good fortune of having been on the web long enough that if you Google my name, you're going to come up with my books uh, other podcast episodes that I've appeared on, uh, articles, everything is out there. Um, but start at mattselznick.com. Um, if you want, you can go to sonatotum.com, uh, S-O-N-I-T-O-T-U-M.com, and that'll take you directly to the podcast page on my site. I maintain a, uh, a mailing list, uh, which really is You'll get blog posts and podcast episodes when they are posted uh, through the mailing list and occasional uh, other emails from me. This isn't one of those sign up and get six weeks of constant auto response, (laughs) automated emails from me. It's not that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Uh, And when you subscribe and when you become a member of the community, you will also receive a free weekly uh, fiction serial. a, a new installment every week from me. Um, so you'll get to have some of my writing for free. And um, 
every podcast and blog installment and episode as those are released. Uh, and again, you can join the community uh, at mattselznick.com. And of course, that's free. I am on uh, Instagram and Facebook as Matthew Wayne Selznick Creates. You can find me on Twitter at Matt Selznick. And boy, those are the big ones. Uh, <laughs> all right. I think we got it all covered. Fantastic. Well, ladies and gentlemen, that is Matt Selznick, one of the pioneers in podcasting. You might not to say, but I'm going to say that, Matt. You're one of the pioneers of podcasting, starting one of the first few hundred to ever do it. So thank you for all that work back in 2004. Without you and people like you, I would not be sitting here. I would have to discover this passion. So thank you. I appreciate your time. And ladies and gentlemen, if you like this show and you want to hear more, go to ambiguouspodcastsolutions.com to find all of our other shows on our network. If you have your own podcast out there or after listening to Matt's story, you want to start your own podcast, reach out to either of us. I'm sure we'll be happy to help you. Um, more content on the website to come, yada, yada, yada. I'm Will Tarashuk. We'll be back next time with a whole new podcast, a whole new interview, and maybe, just maybe, a whole new host. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much. Hope you have a great night.